I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, Brian Laundry's dead. Okay, let's go. Are we making a podcast? Blend. Yeah. God, she really gives you no warning. Welcome back to the Creep Dive. We're videoing it today. I've been told not to look to the camera, so I'm going to look to don't you break it. at all. Do I'm it just... once. You can do it once at the start and not again. Talk directly to your people. <laughs> There's your camera. Welcome to the Creep Dive. You're so welcome. <laughs> I see you. You see me. We're in this together. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. There was a missed trick now. Not doing a black backdrop over on Jen's side there so she could be floating hands and head. <laughs> Do it again. Look at your camera. Hey. Oh, I wish we had a little bit of a black sheet. Now, okay. let's not <clears throat> critique straight off the bat. Oh my God. I'm let's sorry. just go. So let's happy. just be like, love this. we've, we've done a really good job we, here. Cassie, we. Amelia's here too. Jen yeah, but you turned, up, you turned up with some, is that tan or is that just natural? Uh, is it not blended? <laughs> no, it's gorgeous. It's perfect for filming. <laughs> It's it's just makeup, but it could be the it's wrong great. color. No, it's, no, it's, it's wonderful. It's really and Sophie's good. turned it's up with a pop. You're blending perfectly to that door behind you. Mahogany. Yeah. yeah. Does anyone have a glass? A rich that? mahogany. No. What does that? What is that? Not your t-shirt. It's just my t-shirt's just not helping the matter. Oh, you need one of those little those little um, chamois thingies that you get. Do you know chamois were originally made from the from a young deer's hide? It's what a chamois is. And people were just like skinning deer to polish their cars. Fuck cars, lads. <laughs> Dead right. Absolutely Dead right. over it now. If you were going to fuck a car, what oh, would your good question be? Um, in the petrol thingy, what would I put in there? She'd peg I'd just it. Peg, peg the an exhaust. Peg oh my god, guys! I read what else some... would you do? You're not going to stick the exhaust. No, I, it's too far. <laughs> we're, we're steering away. From uh, this. What about an old? Um, you could angle. Yeah. Um, indicator, clicker, to the side. Two in the pink, one in the stink. <laughs> Would that work? <laughs> Do you know I never thought pegging was for me? <laughs> Until. Until. <laughs> I, was, I was on um, AO3. Am I saying it right? Never I didn't heard of know what AO3 was until two days ago. And it's... I don't know what it is. What is Archive it? of our own is what it stands for. AO3 and it's basically this kind of platform forumy thing that's sort of been around for I think it started in the 2000s where people can write um their works in progress and their fan fiction and stuff like that and it's kind of a lot of fan fiction a lot of like uh fan movies and all of this kind of stuff and I was like let me tell you it is the most it's there is no mind to user experience on archive of our own it is impossible to find your way through it and i just wanted to find one goddamn thing to read yeah i'd seen a funny tweet about like this like ao 3 er who was like in the middle of their basically they're writing their work in real time and you can go on and comment and read right. and give feedback okay and like Hell. 
it was this really one really intense author who had like this mega kind of opus that he was working on and then like he kept kind of going off and being like i just wish i actually had the thing i could read to you guys and say it well, what the hell um i'm sorry basically he was going off of me kind of like i'm sorry i've been gone for a while now because um i was just having some issues with my house it was on fire like there was just a lot of like drama going on behind the scenes of the drama he was putting on the page beautiful beautiful and anyway i was like this is intriguing what the hell is this place and anyway i found it really hard to find any content except for and i don't know maybe it's like a bit like you know what you see on tiktok like it just gives you back to you Maybe this is why I found this one particular erotic story of pegging on AO3. And tell you, it really sold it to me. Why? Like, and it was pegging a man, which would definitely not appeal. I would have thought. Like, but is this too much? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, it would be. Go do, on. Do continue. Was he a willing participant? Okay, I'll read you an excerpt. No, yeah, the man was a willing participant. It was just like, I just was surprised at how I thought maybe this isn't so bad. Erotic. Yeah. Go on. Like, I just wouldn't have wanted to peg a man, let's put it that way. Until you, Until read, you this. read this story. Yeah, yeah. And now it's not even like I'm all the way there, but I would say I'm just a bit more curious. like... Peg, curious. Peg, curious. <laughs> peg, not even... I wouldn't say curious because that still sounds like I'm actively seeking... So it's not peg curiosity, but it's like peg. Maybe. <laughs> Potential peg. Potential peg for peg is why. Peg tential. Peg tension. Peg tential. Yeah. Yeah. What was it specifically? Was it her power over him? Was it the thrusting? Um, no, I think, I think uh, you've gone past peg tension. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. Look, I'm going to just say, actually, no. Still on the kind of pegging order, I would still go woman, animal, man. So Jesus I guess, Christ. <laughs> okay. You would like to peg an animal over a man any day. Look, we've got, like, it's going to be so much harder we're to edit this. when we're, when we're talking filming and have to line up the audio. So let's try. Will we start again? No, no. Okay. let's just try and juice. get an episode done with as few disgusting cuts as possible. Well, okay. I, that's, I'm offended. My mom listens to this podcast. She'd love this. I don't know. Trish. Now, Trish. Don't, don't say anything I won't. about okay. my mother and pegging. You, sounds like you just said it there. No. I mean, you really put two no. and two together. Uh, it felt like you were saying it. Back to the Tell us about Brian. It well, uh, he it definitely looks like he's gone. He's died, which is a thing that's <laughs> happened. Now, careful. The writer will get back on and say no more glib, happy chat about a tragic event. Tragic. But the interesting part about it is, his parents were like, "Oh, we'll just join," you know, finding Brian Hunt, which had been going on for weeks. Yeah. And within 20 minutes, they found his backpack. Like... Yeah, it is very suspicious. So, disappointed on one level because he's not living in their shrubbery, which would have been... Anymore. Shocked that wasn't true. Shocked, really? But like, that means that they knew that they obviously had a conversation. They He was with them for a period of time. Then he went off. I'm just trying to find out exactly where he was found <clears throat> I found a trail that he frequently walked but it is incredibly like yes it's very suspicious but why would they do that why would they why would they opt to find him I guess to bring some sort of Just closure to the case mm. do you think they knew that he was dead yes I think they did I don't we don't know how long he's been dead for but he was found in sort of a swampy, an area that fills with water during the rainy season and then goes down. Mm. Loads of uh, alligators in the area too. It sounds like he might've been there for a while, which sort of messes with the timeline of what we believe happened after he arrived home without Gabby, you know? Right. So it makes, so if, depending on how long he's been gone for, dead for, that'll sort of all indicate various things as the news comes out. But very odd, very odd. From all you of just find it odd that they FBI, got involved. I find it really odd that they were the ones to find his backpack. There's weeks on God knows how much manpower involved. No, there's no way it's odd. It's just engineered. Yes, but why if they, you know, if it's, why, why, 
make it so obvious, basically, because they wanted it to end. I would say, yeah, like, I suppose their mindset is so hard for us to even reach, like, or conceptualize. Like, yeah. what on earth are they experiencing when none of us have a clue? So I guess that it is, if you get to this point, perhaps, where it's just so kamikaze, you're like, fuck it. Oh, look, there. Yeah, he's here. Like, it's been um, here all along. Ms. Laundry, I actually just saw you place it there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine. There. It's there. You know? But during their search, they found, I think, more than 20 dead bodies. Uh, during their search for Brian was so vast. Now, many of these don't appear to be connected or the ones they've released information 20. about. 20 odd people, bodies they found uh, just by combing through this massive area. It's fascinating. That Remains to be seen. That is wild. Isn't it? It's kind of disturbing. Yeah. But that's how vast the area is. I think it's hard as well for us. I think it's is it how vast the area is, or is it how much like American police are hyper focused on this case of middle class white people, and are all of those twenty bodies people that a police care less about? Potentially, no. I mean that is complete yes. conjecture. I have no but it could idea. be. But so it's, we're talking about twenty five thousand acres of this reserve. That is just twenty five thousand acres. Enormous. What is that? Like is that Ireland? <laughs> Good question. Very Quite a lot. How big is Ireland <laughs> in acres? Um, I have like a jolly old literary fraud creep of the week. Would anyone like it? Yes. Yes, but we, we must as well. Oh, is it, is it the men's? Who? It's the men's. Oh. Yes. Tell me more. Do you want to take us away? No, no, you tell it. Okay. So um, this woman called Carmen Mola was um she's a novelist right and she won this spanish literary prize last week and guess how much money it is Ten thousand euros 150 euro voucher for <laughs> nando's yeah so everything you guys have said is way more likely in terms of literary award money but in fact the spanish just really rate writing and they give you one million wow. euros wow. when you win a spanish literary prize how much is the nobel prize i think that's a well it used to be a million <laughs> just the just the voucher. book an easton's voucher for 25 free euros. coffee and does the book have to be in spanish um i believe it does it is the planeta prize uh awarded in spain and the book is usually, so the winner has to be an unpublished manuscript. Um, so basically. How the fuck do they get it if it's unpublished? Or they, you apply you first. It. You just submit oh. um, the, a manuscript and um, yeah, it's, so basically a fair play to Carmen Mola. For winning, congratulations to you. Or in fact, it was actually revealed to be three men in a trench coat. Oh my God. Fuck's sake. Oh my God. Right. So they played the system. Yeah. So they were like, we're more likely to win if we're a woman. Is that what they were thinking? Well, they're insisting that they didn't think of it in that, in that way. So So why did they do it? Three men, right? They're all writers in their own right. All established television, um, television writers. They're called... Uh, Jorge Diaz, Agustin Martinez, and Antonio Mercero. Very masculine names. I don't. I don't know. I think I did say Jorge right. I'm gonna. It's spelled W H O R E. No jokes. Jokes. It's not. <laughs> but he is a Jorge. Fuck's sake. So basically, they decided to create this kind of literary uh, persona, Carmen Mola, and. Um, so so they won and then they, they just said that one day they're acting like this was just a real kind of like oh look oh we stumbled into this literary prize for one million euros basically diaz said carmen mola is not like all the lies we've been telling um a university professor so they've been saying she was a university professor we are three friends who one day four years ago decided to combine our talent to tell a story the men said they chose the name by chance and for fun without thinking about the gender of the name or any possible implications. I don't know if a female pseudonym would sell more um, than a male one. I don't have the faintest idea, but I doubt it. We didn't hide behind a woman. We hid behind a name. Um. <clears throat> yeah. The author page um, for Carmen Mola on Carmen Mola's agent's website 
includes a black and white photo of a woman with her back turned to the camera. Oh, classic. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yes, it's, um, it's interesting because in the past, women have, like very many women have published under male pseudonyms in an attempt to get published and get around the um, rampant sexism and misogyny of the world. Um, and uh, so she, this writer, Carmen Mola, the fake writer, is basically written a trilogy of no novels all centered around this woman police inspector. And those novels have been published by Penguin. So basically, it's almost like they have a little bit of a cottage industry here. These mm. three male writers um, posing as a, a woman, a single woman. And um, so, yeah, that's it. They, so uh, do we know the context? Like, is the book from the first person? you know is a book written about women and the has book the book got any one, women yeah like is it sort of important that that's interesting actually i need to look that up so basically the organizers said that the this beast is the name of the book that won this prize and it was submitted under a name sergio lopez right yeah. which was then revealed to be carmen mola which was then revealed to be Diaz Martinez and so Marcero. It, it maybe is sort of a kind of a just generating some, I don't know, excitement about it, or it was part of a grand plan. I don't. Well, like Elisa, Elena Ferrante is a pseudonym novelist, pseudonymous novelist, or how? And there's definitely, I think, a little freeze on with kind of, yeah. you know, it's not that person. Like sometimes there's writers who use pseudonyms that it's like just well known that like it's like Stephen King also writes under Richard Blackman and you know his Richard Blackman books are different and yeah, yeah, you yeah. know that kind of way or like there's lots of writers and really doesn't JK Rowling do it as well under yeah something just, else uh, Stephanie she, O'Neill she's Jorge yeah <laughs> Jorge McBitch but didn't she come what was she she did like a crime book yeah it would be sometimes like writers do it to like I think kind of like go into another genre without sort of okay. their name being a distraction. But okay. then I think also sometimes it's like an ego thing. Like um, like with J.K. Rowling, I bet you it's somewhat ego to kind of maybe, you know, people are like, she's a children's fantasy writer. Um, this is not going to be my thing. Full-time transphobe, yeah. part-time children's fantasy writer. Yeah. And um, then maybe she, maybe they, 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 they then get kind of weird fucking... Don't want to support oh, that. I'm, Whatever. I, yeah. I'm a literary writer too. I could be, you know, that kind of way. And then yeah. they kind of like, see, everyone liked this novel. Ha ha, it was me the whole time. I don't know. But it's, of that. I mean, it's perfectly accepted from, from, those, from that But I that do way. think it's just especially different, I believe, for three people to write something together pretending that's one person's yeah. genius. That's one yeah, person's yeah. imagination. Because yeah. like, that is really like, even more so than three men pretending to be a woman. I just think three people pretending to be one artist just fuck all the way off. Like, that's not cool. What no. do you think? All of it's not cool. Yeah. And just, their whole, like, their whole kind of like, oh, like, oh, yeah. I mean, we were doing this thing. I mean, we didn't think the reveal, it. The reveal at the awards thing as well. It's yeah. pretty How did it go down? It's like, oh, here we are. Ha, ha, ha. And everyone, like, who's independently written their work is probably sitting there and being like, well, if I had a second or third person, I'm sure I could have gotten much further, exactly. you know. And exactly. And also how difficult to write a single book with three men <laughs> like, sure they probably had no heart in it they were probably just like oh here we go fuck it on the page you do the do, beginning do the i'll end, do the middle end, you do the, the end. end or whatever we'll come back to it like they're not they don't seem like tortured souls but the book was good enough to win this prize yeah i mean three established you know it definitely throws up a writers. few questions but also did they do the big reveal at the awards they because stood up, didn't yeah, they? they did, the yeah. Ceremonies yeah, like, they yeah, went to we accept it. Um, As a throw. So it was uh, basically, um, they were at the awards and it was announced in like the presence of like Spanish monarch and everything. And when they um, announced Carmen Mola, three people, three of them just walked up on stage. And um, that leaves a bad taste. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. really shitty. Yeah, a dude before like, or just get someone to go up and pretend to be Carmen at the awards. Yeah, take your money and run. Yeah, yeah do it take the money. Did, they get, did yeah. they get the money? I'm wondering now, actually, I'm not sure about this money business, how it's going to be. I think it's still kind of unfolding because it was only last Friday. Men are just shit anyway, and I don't think they should be awarded anything ever. <laughs> do you want to hear a creepy thing? Yes. Yeah. 
All right, Dan sent me this earlier. And I had read it before. It was a long time ago, I think this came out. But this is a Reddit thread. People who watch security cameras for a living, what creepy things have you tried to forget? Ooh. That's very interesting. I'm reading a book at the moment. I'm reading a book. I'm listening to an audio book. reading. That's the same. Yeah, it is. Uh, the words are going into my brain. Exactly. Uh, called No Such Thing as an Easy Job. And her job is to watch CCTV footage. Now, it's amazing. It's a novel. It's a novel. And it is by... You can go online, guys. Pick a city. And uh, you can access a lot of public CCTV cameras. You can get those two on Grafton or uh, there's two on O'Connell Street. You can just live stream. Really? Yeah. And uh, if you find yourself watching it, I would. but then you get a bit concerned because what if you see something? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Then it's a whole action must be taken Who's or must it? Very weird. I think as well, it'd be hard once you started, it'd be hard to cut yourself off because like it's so boring for so long. But like mm, yeah, right when you leave, might that be might juice. be when something happens. Exactly. So you become locked into it. Yeah. And, and it's be funny because I don't think I think that stream. I don't it's think it's like going anywhere. I don't think it's going anywhere like to, to be saved. I think it's literally just being streamed. So anyway, you can do that if you fancy it. But uh, so this thread was just chock a block of people riding places mm. puking places mm. you know just the boring shit then this one guy came on nasir is his name handle uh was a security guard or a security coordinator for a large electronic company who had access to like 80 plus facilities cctv infrastructures i was doing a maintenance check on some random train station like 3 a.m pan the camera as far right as possible to check that it was functioning and this dude was on all fours eating a deer in the middle of the tracks. <laughs> I watched him for 10 minutes, went to get the other guy on shift. When I came back, the dude was gone. I rewound it and the dude stopped eating the carcass, wiped the gore off his face and then walked into the woods like he didn't have a care oh in the world. Oh my God, mushrooms. Do oh you <laughs> Or maybe. he lived in the woods. He lived amongst the... Um, oh my God. Amongst that. the forests, no? Yeah. Enter a Fucking new player. Mowgli. That is so metal. Matthias Health, 91. <laughs> he was an Evanescence fan. Yeah, he's just having a moment. It's fine. <laughs> uh, another guy saw a chicken walk up the side of a tree at 2 a.m. What? <laughs> I think that's so more wrong. frightening. That's so bad. Somehow. Anyway, there's many boring ones in there. They're sort of the best too. Oh, Welcome fuck. to the internet. How the fuck oh, are you? Fabulous. Uh, there's so much going on I went into absolute you know you're just in you can't find a big chunky story so you amass like a thousand That's what snippets I have loads of, well, I have like some chunky stories there's been some really good crime reporting on the New Yorker and the cut recently there's this great story well, it's not great <laughs> touch wood there's a story about people old people being murdered in a block in New York. In the one block radius. In the one block, four murders. Ooh. It's like that Disney show, Only Murders in the Building. No. Watched an episode of that. Seems what? interesting. Selena Gomez is doing a great job. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Then, in spite of her difficulties. What difficulties? Are you getting to, uh, Selena Gomez mixed up with Demi Lovato? No, no, but they do have similar difficulties. Do they? Oh, really? Yeah, Selena just has like a crack team of publicists. Really? Just Are we out here saying that Selena Gomez has drug addiction problems? Mm. What about the kidney? I mean, what? I'm into Dumois kind of territory. All unconfirmed, but um, yeah. Apparently. And apparently there's a lot between her and Bieber still unresolved. Oh, oh I'd say. <laughs> what is this podcast? <laughs> back, back. We We're go. just your, your classic mix of true crime and pop culture. Um, <laughs> Blind items. <laughs> <laughs> slander on youtube now now in hd um so i i there was that there's 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 the people who were merged in the building which i'll come back to i think i'll do that at some point uh and then there is another one about there was another one recently about a long con which is fascinating but anyway i found a few small little ones yeah and one particular con artist that i've come across inspired by um the Irish con heiress. Have you been listening to that podcast? No. The, the Queen of the Con or something it's called. And it's about this woman in the States who convinced all her friends that she was the heir to the Irish royal family. 
<laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Who's doing that podcast? Yeah, um, it's it's an iHeartRadio one. Okay, um, it's very very good. And like you're listening to her, and they're like, she was so Irish, and then you hear a snippet, and you're like, oh my god, can you feel sorry when people are just dumb? <laughs> and like, you know, he's like, I was her best friend, and I lent her seventy thousand dollars. I was like, I can't. <laughs> I was like, I can't feel sorry can't for you, sir. You. I can't. And like, there's so many red flags, and then he's like, a major red flag is this. I was like, no, sir. All of it was red flags. <laughs> the heir to the Irish royalty was red flag number one. Um, but I came across this wonderful little uh, con artist by the name of Cassie Chadwick. Oh, and I was like, oh, I just want to tell her a story. So she's like a serial con artist. She's just a, a few. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Really um, wonderful little thing. Starts off really small and interesting. Just a classic. I'm a clairvoyant kind oh, of yeah. con, right? Healer, Healer clairvoyant, uh, fortune teller, all that kind of stuff. Um, balls. It's so the neck it takes. To pretend to be, everyone's yeah. doing it on TikTok. I was yeah. about to say, yeah. Is your TikTok not just full of people who are like reading the, the cards and they're like, if this resonates with you, take it. If it doesn't resonate with you, ignore Move it. Move on, but don't call like, me a sham. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's like, she's just, she's just reading to thousands and thousands of people. And then there's someone in the comments being like, oh my God, you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> um, Cassie Chadwick was born. Elizabeth Bilge on the 10th of October, 1857 in Eastwood, Ontario. Um, so one of her first uh, cons, like I said, was um, that she was a clairvoyant. So she assumed the name Madame Lydia de Vere. Wow. And set up a shop as a clairvoyant with funds from a bank loan on her sister and brother-in-law's furniture. So obviously that was her collateral. Collateral was that her sister and stuff had some, right? Um, that really, truly, unusual. how good is that furniture? <laughs> just, I think there was just it existed. Okay. So um, during this time, she went on. She got married. She took on the name Mrs. Lydia Springsteen and um, became Mrs. Springsteen. But very quickly after that, in 1989, convicted and sentenced to nine and a half years. For forgery she was paroled in nine, 1893 and returned to cleveland her next nine and a half years for yeah. perjury like, well forgery and that for an actual crime like forgery we've always agreed it's whimsical it is it is whimsical <laughs> not in america cons in general just to i laugh. think cons yeah. are a bit like oh look sure listen oh listen, yeah you, know? you got one over if me you can get away with it. It, if you can pull it off then you know, fair game. Yeah. Fair. What is it? Fool me once, fool on me. Fool me twice. Fool you can't me. fool me. Still. <laughs> you can't fool, fool me still. <laughs> what is that was George Bush. <laughs> what was it again? The thing is, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But George Bush says, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, you can't fool me. <laughs> um, uh, her next uh, con, absolutely great. Uh, she opened up a brothel. 
Uh, and gotcha. No <laughs> brothelizing here. Well, she, just was, she was just she was just trying to she was just trying to make a living. Right? Okay. So she opened a brothel <laughs> in this old in this old house, and this man uh, came along, and he was. <laughs> a doctor called Leroy Chadwick and he fell for her. So she was going under the name Mrs. Cassie Hoover at the time. And Hoover. He, he fell for her <laughs> and he was like, but I could never marry a woman who runs such a salacious business. And she was like, what are you talking about? This is not a brothel. This is a home for women. And then she fainted. And then the doctor was like, oh, my bad. I'm wrong. And then he married her. What was, I need to know what the con about the, the, the brothel was. But just that she, she in order oh, to that. marry him, she lied about the, oh, I see. Sorry. it being a brothel and whatever. So she gets she gets on in 1987. She marries Leroy. Um, she became the very highly respected wife of Doctor Chadwick, and um, gave birth to a son. So, uh, it's Was unclear. Him yes, and the son went under the care of one of the women in the brothel. Um, which it's unclear whether Dr. Chadwick was aware that his wife had given birth and then given the child to one of the ladies in the Very brothel unusual. to look after. Hard I just, to disguise. I think he was just away a lot. and um, <laughs> Fine. Just Did not very present, yes. right? Confirmed. Um, so uh, her next con, her biggest con, just and this was just be like, is yeah. it a con not aware that the kid's happened or is now gone? I like her cons. You're just putting everything under the con umbrella. Gotcha. <laughs> no kids in foster care. She's just she's, but she's also assuming different names and behaving in ma- like she's married to a doctor but running a brothel down the road. You know, so the con is that she's a respectable woman of society, she's just going to just events with a doctor and then respectable, and then behind the scenes she's. You know what they should get going? It's a con-con. You know, like Comic-Con? Comic-Con. Yes. Con-con. Con-cons would be great. Content for con-con. Con-con-con. Do the con-con-con. Con-con in and out. Um, So following her marriage in 1897, she began her largest, most successful con game, establishing herself as Andrew Carnegie's daughter. So during a visit to New York, she asked one of her husband's acquaintances, a lawyer, to take her to the Carnegie's home. In reality, she had visited Carnegie's housekeeper while trying to check credentials. So when Chadwick came back, when when Cassie came back in, she dropped a piece of paper. Uh, the lawyer picked it up and noticed it was a note, a, a promise note for two million with Whoa. Carnegie's signature on it. So what she did was she met arranged to kind of be at the same place where this man, Dylan, was going to be knowing that he was a lawyer. I think the bit of a talker. And she was like, oh, Dylan, how nice to see you. Uh, I'm actually on my way out. Would you mind giving me a lift? So he pulls up in his carriage and then they go to the Carnegie household. And the then, Carnegies are the family who own Carnegie, Carnegie Hall. Hall. The really rich family. Yeah, yeah. Super okay. rich Andrew Carnegie. And so she rocks up and uh, he, she's they're in the carriage and she's like, oh, just wait here for a second. I just have to run over and do something. So he sees her go up to the door. She's chatting away. Yada, yada, yada. But what she's actually saying to the housekeeper, she's trying to identify someone who potentially worked there. Mm. And the housekeeper is like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, oh, she's got brown hair, you know, shoulder length. She's looking for a job. Can I get a reference? And the housekeeper is like, no, sorry, she didn't work here. And because she's creating this like air of confusion, she's gone up and she's like, uh, you know, is did this person work here? Blah, blah, blah. The housekeeper is like, no, she did not. I have no idea who you're talking about. And she's like, all right, sorry for disturbing you. But as she turns away, she like puts something into her pocket, which is the note. Mm. And then she intentionally drops that note, which she's also written herself, obviously written herself Mm. and drops that back in front of Dylan, knowing that he's a bit of a talker. And basically she says that the thing is, is that Andrew Carnegie is her father. She was an illegitimate child. He's, he's paying her off. He's paying her off now and like, shh, not to tell anyone. Um, and that he was going to give, <laughs> so racked with guilt that uh, he was going to give huge amounts of money to her. Um, and she told Dylan that there was $7 million in notes and, and promises tucked away back in Ohio and that she would inherit $400 million upon Carnegie's death. <laughs> I feel like that's one of us saying something like it was 40 trillion euros. Yeah. 25,000 acres of your <laughs> finest. Whatever. Yeah. So obviously Dylan started fucking telling everyone about this and was like, did you know that Cassie you know, or Cassie, yeah. whatever her Chadwick that she's going by is, um, you know, Carnegie's daughter and uh, she's, 
due to inherit like millions and millions of euro and they're like no way so then when she starts going into banks they're all like here you go absolutely here's a loan off you go you're good for it you're gonna be fine it spreads like wildflower right easy to do back then yeah Yeah. doing murders not a problem doing cons not a problem so easy a piece of paper spreading a bit of hearsay about yourself and then strolling into a bank yeah Yeah. literally had a piece of paper saying so sorry for illegitimately being your father (laughs) I promise you two million dollars in her pocket slips it in front of Dylan and now lives a life of pure luxury. But it's all borrowed. Yeah, but like she doesn't care. She's going to die. She's, she's no intention of paying back her loans. But the banks are like, it's fine when you die. It's fine. You're covered. We believe you to be wealthy. They're like, when Andrew Carnegie dies, all our money's coming back to us and we're the banking institution for the Carnegies. You know, Fantastic like they're like, here we go. Con. Very, so, very uh, good. She brought diamond necklaces. She brought... Um, she had 30 closets full of clothes, a gold <laughs> organ. She didn't even play the organ. She just bought a gold organ or, or organ. Yeah. Because like, she wanted it. Um, she became known as the Queen of Ohio. Right? So what about just your husband? Wonderful. Was he just like, uh, I guess she's got uh, a side I'm sure, I'm sure he leaves at this stage, right? Um, uh, in 1904, God, I would stay more than ever. Exactly. <laughs> he uh, He's probably still operating as a doctor I'm and out. being like, who is this child here? Um, <laughs> yeah. So in November 1904, she receives a $190,000 loan from Herbert B. Newton, a Massachusetts banker. Newton was shocked when he learned of the other loans that she had received and called his loan in, but she uh, she could not repay and the bank sued. Uh, at the time, she'd accumulated debts of over $1 million and it was discovered that a number of securities being held for her in various banks were worthless. So when Carnegie was later asked about her, he denied ever knowing her yes. and further stated that he had not signed a promissory note in more than 30 years. So she fled to New York, but was soon arrested in her apartment in the hotel president taken back to Cleveland. When she was arrested, she was wearing a money belt. What does that mean? A fanny pack yeah, containing pack. over $100,000. And Leroy Chadwick and his adult daughter hastily left Cleveland for a European tour when the scandal broke. He filed for divorce before leaving her on the tour. Oh, I love it. They just fucked off. Yeah, I love the absolutely. idea of, the, of seeing what she spent it on. So let's say mm. someone's borrowed lo- loads of money from you. Mm. You arrive into their gaff and there's a fucking solid gold Ikea whatever. Organ. Organ. <laughs> a billy. A billy bookcase <laughs> made of solid gold. You're like, what are you doing with the money? But like, oh my God, this whole thing is just like an old timey retelling of the 2008 crash. Yeah, that's except it. that exactly. the banks were her. Yeah, yeah. And like, do you know as well, like in terms of like seeing what people spend it on, like, you know, um, in um, Iceland, Iceland was like this kind of perfect representation of like an almost very simplified version of what took place in the States across 80 years in terms of the deregulation of banks and stuff happened in eight years in Iceland or something like that. 10 years in Iceland, they went from having about three kind of local banks who had very little real capital themselves because they were banks of Iceland and the population was so small. And then all of those banks went fucking batshit wild borrowing on an international scale. And Iceland's like bubble and then crash was fucking wild because it was all so based on nothing. Yeah, yeah. It was really kind of, uh, I suppose, just really rapid in a way that like it didn't have decades of the investment and Wall Street that America did. But anyway, so like in Iceland, there was this lad, right, who took out a loan from one of the banks for one billion (laughs) and like bought like Harrods. Not Harrods, Hamleys, the toy shop in London. And he bought like... What? A big ass, like... He bought like some equivalent of Harrods in the States and stuff like that. And everyone was like, oh my God, have you heard of this like Icelandic billionaire who's like bought Hamleys in London and he's bought Harrods and all this kind of stuff. And it was like, no, have you heard about this man... This man who took out a loan and bought. Yeah. He is not a billionaire. He borrowed a billion and spent it on this shit. But that's it. To what people... <laughs> he was just lost the run of himself. Because he Absolutely. could. <laughs> Welcome to our high definition studio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I borrowed a billion from Iceland to build this here. Um, yeah, I love... Like you said earlier, it is so I broke easy. the fourth wall by accident. And then I sort of lingered on it. it. Just stop doing it. Like, you're just looking straight down the camera. You're not supposed to. 
Do it. Do you think it's making us act weird? Yes. Yeah, like, it, it is. is, isn't it? Because yeah. Jen is really on edge like, here. I, I, am. I can actually, once you do it, you can't undo it. I know. It's good for me that I don't know which one to look at. Try the other but I definitely two. didn't wake up this morning being like, I'm going to talk about pegging. You know? So <laughs> yeah. I'm blaming the cameras for that too. No, I, we'll I don't get know. used to it. It's it's back to like our first ever, although I do feel like our first episodes were good, filmed up in the dark with loads of notes. And here we are now. Well, just... Because of the pandemic, we stopped that. That's what, so we were doing it we're kind of. We're on the cusp of, of doing this. Yeah. And then the pandemic hit and we couldn't be sort of videoed together for a time. Yeah. Remember? And then we couldn't be together for a time. So. I love it. We couldn't be videoed. No, no. <laughs> We couldn't, we couldn't be, be together. together. We couldn't be we seen weren't. to be being together. We weren't definitely not. It wasn't no just point. about optics, all right? <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> They're going to think you're being serious. It's fine. COVID's a lie. Jesus. Oh, stop. I'm joking. Oh, um, yeah, I have another old timely uh, con. Arse. What, what, sorry, what happened to her? So oh, she went off to prison, prison died. You like, know, that's the, the usual. Only she got caught. Her and the fucking 2008 recession is that she went to prison. Somebody went to prison. Somebody, somebody, went, to somebody prison. went to prison. So her fire burned bright. Would you oh, choose it? Oh, Bernie Madoff died there and I didn't even notice. I was, like, I was looking at him as well. And he was one of the few who was sentenced and went to prison. He'd been in prison for like, what, 10 years now or something? Well, Bernie yeah. had his own. Well, he did run the uh, world's largest Ponzi scheme. Yeah. But it was yeah. amazing. Absolutely insane. But it? Like amazing. It People sleeping at night and things like that. Like he knew it was all based on nothing. He knew everyone's money was gone. Yeah. And he was still like having dinner with them and carrying on his life. And then his son, didn't his son sort of get embroiled? Oh, the two sons were embroiled. Yeah. One of them died by suicide. Oh, God. Um, uh, but yeah, the two sons were kind of really sucked down into it with him. And it was always got, it was always going to be impossible to know how much they knew. Also, how much were they benefiting yeah. in their own respective. Yeah, yeah. Um, like one of them... The one who lives still is a lawyer and he basically had to give all of his possessions in the kind of like reparations for his brother's business. Oh God. Okay. I don't so know. they were all cleaned oh, out in the end. Absolutely fucked. But yeah, what a mess. Yeah, what a mess. What a mess. And you're right. Like how do you sleep at night? But I do think it takes like a, you know, like a, a sociopathy or something to, to head down that to road live in the first in that place and yeah like be in it for of course like we're talking 40 years you know yeah because like how would the anxiety not just yeah he's untouched i'd say untouched by it like do you want to crazy. creep yeah yeah what are where are we at time wise um 44 minutes lovely welcome to the 1930s the Love location it. new zealand uh, yeah yeah okay go on we'll Welcome. give it to you give it things something were something some things were happening in the farmers fields these things were at crops combustion of their nethers <laughs> full <laughs> fire trousers <laughs> suddenly you're wearing your denims you look their down fields. their flames in the why did you say did you mean they, the farmers were in, in their, the fields they were in their fields but you didn't use fields as a euphemism for Feelings. No, no. Gen- oh, feelings. Genitalia. No, they were on fire. Their genitalia yeah. were on fire because their genes had physically combusted. standing in a field when it happened. So yes, well, I imagine feel like it. you chose the most obtuse way of explaining that. <laughs> it's, it's always so consistent. No, because it's good. It was good. It was good anyway. And she then like, I tried to overcompliment. <laughs> you're, you're, you're here to just tell us stories. Right, sorry. Guess the, Guess what happened? Guess the story. Uh, so. This, right, we're in New Zealand, it's the wilderness, there's not much going on, loads and loads of sheep, loads of farming, that's the kind of gig in New Zealand. What do farmers wear? I know I'm doing the thing you just <laughs> accused me of. Definitely jeans. And uh, biggest danger, you think, you'd say to yourself, that ram, that ram could ram me, that's, that's my danger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or I could fall. No, no, you would be wrong. Because one day you'd be working around the sheep, doing whatever you're doing, no, I imagine you're t- <laughs> what if you're working with chief, this is how I imagine this happening. You're just currently you're just kind of gathering them into different areas the whole time. Shepherding. Yes, that's what I imagine. Right. So <laughs> you're just carefully shepherding your sheep into a new pen, and then suddenly you smell something burning. <laughs> and you say to yourself, That's weird. 
I wonder what that is. And it smells a bit like hair. Are one of my sheep on fire? No, it's my arse. My fucking arse is on fire, starting in the groin, bursting into flames. Right? I'm so sorry, we're still in that first sentence. <laughs> Where? The sheep, the There's shepherds are still at the, the in the fields in the flames. Okay. The right, so we are. Crotch centric so, combustion. And it was happening to more than one person. So you think like, what is going on? Why are my trousers on fire? Is this the fabled, what do they call it again? Spontaneous, Spontaneous human combustion. Is it? It <laughs> sure looks like it, doesn't it, from the outside in? Well, let me tell you from the inside out what it is. <laughs> one, one poor fucker was riding his horse, right? Riding his horse, boom, burst Crotch burst into flames. <laughs> Patting it down. No one's going to believe this. What is it? What's oh, happening? Like, let's talk about the injuries here for a second. Another man's like, pair of are trousers. Are they being rendered I don't, dolls? Or? I don't know much about the injuries. But I'd say if you had your hands free, you could pat it off very easily. Do the drop, rock and roll. Drop, <laughs> rock and roll. Coming off the horse while in flames. Rolling around the dry <laughs> deserts of New Zealand. Now, anyway... The year now is 1930. So, sorry. You know what I'm trying to say here. So everyone was dazed and confused about this. One pair of trousers just burst into flames on the line. What? Yeah. So it's so, not a combination of like human. It's not the dick. It's the it's not the dick. Material. It seems to be the material that was becoming clearer and clearer as more of these cases arose. Right. So try. So it seemed like as well. Uh, that the trousers were not kind of c- combusting into one fireball, that they were like being set alight in little spots around the legs of the trousers. So You'd think you were hallucinating. Uh, there were, sorry, a few deaths. Long time don't, ago, people don't died. Don't be gleeful, Jen. I'm not, I'm not, I'm shocked. So what was happening, I wonder? Well, I'll tell you. So it wasn't anything spiritual, well, what it was, was something called ragwort. Ever heard of that? No. Oh, ragwort. a creature. Ragwort is, uh, was brought over from Europe during the 1800s and spread around the country like wildfire uh, just before the 1930s. It was a weed. Sorry, it's not a ah. creature. Not a creature with a box of matches. <laughs> uh, not a, no. Uh, it was causing havoc to the livestock who injected it. Uh, injected? No, no. <laughs> We're way, we're gone mad now. <laughs> Absolutely I blame the camera. <laughs> so we were never meant to be in high death. <laughs> no, stop it now. Am I feeling myself drawn in? No, it's <laughs> not Sophie. Oh, like, that's you know fine. what the listeners don't Sophie. know? Is how much Jen cries when we record Creepy. <laughs> or when we listen to Pillow Queens together. Yes. <laughs> I'm just always on the verge of tears. It's so good. It's spontaneous right. Jen So the crying. animals were eating this weed, ragwort, and it was causing desperate problems. They were all having <laughs> diarrhea, colic, that everything you can imagine. It was also creating this kind of sunburn effect, blindness, and also death. It was really covering an like it was, and because of all this weird diagnostic things, it was difficult to get to the root of the problem. Blind diarrhea, tickly cough. They don't seem to be connected until they are. So the solution to the ragwort was sodium chlorate which is a chemical that while was brilliant at removing and killing ragwort it came with some unfortunate side effects do you see where i'm going so the chemicals recommended at the time by the uh, department of agriculture and it was quickly then everyone was turfing it over everywhere and they were like great we're killing the ragwort happy days but with every reaction there is an equal and opposite Reaction. <laughs> so killing the ragwort, but it was also raising them from the dead. With every, with every action. It's fucking George Bush all over again. Here we are, back in Jen the game. Bush. <laughs> sure. So Jeb Bush Rogan. The thing the that they did, hero. The thing that they didn't know, but they they should have known was that when you mix sodium chlorate with it's really explosive when mixed with certain organic materials. So what was happening was a big problem with the nethers. If your clothes are made from organic materials, such as wool or cotton, denim, 
uh, the chemical, once it's in your trousers, you can't get it out. Once it's dry, it can just explode whenever it's near heat or through friction. So like the bouncing on the horse, the shuffling around the field. (laughs) All of this could, could, you know, chafing. The chafing. But that's it. Yes, the chafing. The pegging. The pegging. Anything at all uh, could result. And then the heat from the sun on the washing line would have been the reason that the ones drying went up in flames. Oh my God, this is mad. So anyway, they were like, suggesting, they were like, we can't get this shite out of anything. It's like embedded into everything we own. So what what the, the Department of Agriculture suggested were like harem pants and a look a much looser look for <laughs> so the you're farmer. You're still going to wear the stuff you have to, <laughs> but we just need to work around the yeah. fact that it'll be on fire in minutes. Exactly. So why not a sarong? A sarong. So try to <laughs> reduce the frictionized element, which I imagine in my mind created this kind of mad farmer trend of sort of loose. Loose, yeah, harem. Anyway, that was the end of that. Some day people dresses. died. They day, day dresses. dresses. Yeah, is this the origin yeah. story of the Zara, <laughs> the Zara spot dress? <laughs> Possibly. So that's it. Some people died. Some people doesn't. Didn't. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the moral of the story here is: with every action, reaction, action. there is an equal and opposite. And opposite. More, more you. you. <laughs> End. Thanks for coming. That's the creep dive. Sorry. Wonderful. It was brilliant. Sensational. You're welcome. Well done, everyone. See you you when we see you. (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.